Welcome to the Transformation Church Podcast, where we're leading people into a transforming relationship with Jesus. We hope this message inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you a fresh perspective on God and His Word so you can see transformation in your own life. Enjoy the message. Oh man, it's so good to see you today. My name's Ryan. I have the honor of serving here as, uh, as lead pastor and as my wife Andrea just uh, talked about and we saw in this video promo that starting next week, uh, we've got a short two weeks, not a major commitment, but two weeks that we're going to be uh, taking a look at really what the number one uh, health concern in America is today, anxiety and depression. And so we're going to talk a little bit about how those things kind of how we get into the cave of our emotions. Um, and then we're going to give some practical ways that we can get out of the cave. And so I uh, really would encourage you to, uh, to come be a part. It's a short commitment, two weeks. Um, but uh, if you've got any friends or loved ones that you know kind of wrestle with some of those emotions, um, I've had to, to walk through depression in my own life. It's real. It's kind of a stigma in our culture. We try to hide it. We try to kind of put it under the cover so nobody can see. Uh, but I don't know about you, but I want to be a church that talks about real issues, like real things that we walk through and face in our life. I want to be a church where there's no judgment, where we can say, hey, listen, I'm a work in not progress, but process. That means that I've got some good days, I got some bad days, but I know the direction that I'm choosing to head. And uh, we wanna help you along in that journey. So, uh, so join us for this series, Out of the Cave, that's starting uh, next week. Hey, we've been in a, another short series. Uh, this is week two of a series called Deconstructed Faith. And uh, I don't know if you've heard that phrase or not. It's kind of began to, to get some, some traction in our society. It's become more and more popular. It's kind of this, this journey that people are taking um, where they're beginning to, to question what they've always learned about, about God, the Bible, the church. And they're beginning to kind of take away parts um, of what they've always known and kind of reconstructing a faith that makes more sense to them. And, uh, you know, we can kind of initially, like our knee jerk can be like, oh, that's a really bad thing. And uh, there is a process that could be bad, but, um, but there's also a good thing about deconstructing our faith. I don't know about you, but in following the Lord for some 20 years, there's been some things that I've kind of allowed into my life, into my belief system uh, that were not really scriptural. There were things, you know, have you ever heard those statements that um, we think is in the Bible, but it's really not in the Bible? And, um, and so we've just been kind of on this journey looking at, um, at a couple areas. Um, I've discovered in my own journey of following the Lord that there's really two paths of deconstruction. There is a path that is more me-centric, um, and then there's a path that is more God-centric. The me-centric path of deconstruction says that, that I'm going to make... Um, the way that I want to live my life and that, that I want to make my perception of what's right and wrong in society today, that I'm going to make that the priority. And then I'm going to include scripture, but scripture is going to be secondary in my life. And then this God-centric view of deconstruction is one where we elevate, we make scripture the priority and we say, hey, I'm gonna live my life and I'm gonna look my worldview of what's right and what's wrong is gonna come through the lens of what scripture says. You know, being doing a, a, a me-centric deconstruction is, is a process that pulls us away from God. 
A God-centric deconstruction is one that draws us closer to God. And we even see Jesus talk about that in his Sermon on the Mount in, uh, in Matthew chapter 5 as he begins to preach to the people and he begins to talk about, hey, these are some of the things that you've kind of heard. These are some of the things that have been a practice in your life, but, but this is really what life is all about. This is really what following me and, 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 and living for God your Father is all about. And so um, we've looked at, uh, last week we looked at the, um, the Palm Sunday experience and we unpacked that a little bit. Today, what I wanna do is I wanna talk about uh, another area that I believe we all need to deconstruct in our lives. And it's, it's, when, we, it's when we begin to settle for, for what is, in our lives rather than what could be. That we begin to settle for what is in our life, the, what we're currently experiencing, rather than what could be in our lives. Today, I wanna to talk to you from uh, the title, The Power Within, The Power Within. Hey, listen, let's, uh, let's pray together before we get going. If you're new here today, hey, welcome. So glad to, uh, glad to see you. But um, every, uh, every Sunday we say this together. So if you're comfortable, great. If not, don't worry about it. But it's just a way for us to kind of prepare our heart for what the Lord wants to say today. So uh, say this out loud with me. Father, as I open your word today, speak to me. May I have ears to hear, a heart to receive, and the courage to respond. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, good job. Good job. Give yourself a round of applause. We did good with that. We did good. Well, in Romans chapter, in Romans chapter eight, the apostle Paul was writing to uh, the Christians that were in Rome and the Christians there were struggling with the same thing that, that a lot of us struggle with. They were struggling with, with kind of settling with what, what was in their life currently instead of what could be. They were, they were a part of a culture that was kind of similar to, if we had to, to draw a comparison, would be kind of similar to Washington, D.C. today, that it was a, a culture that was politically and, and philosophically divided. They, they opposed um, Christian morality. Um, there was basically a, a, a kind of two-tier uh, class system that was there. And so if you were the rich, if you were the powerful, you get to call all the shots. If you weren't, then you just kind of had to deal with what you were left with. And, um, and so these Christians in Rome, they struggled to believe that their life could be any better than the life that they were currently living. And the apostle Paul writes to them this encouragement. I want to share it with you today in Romans chapter 8, Verse 11, here's what, what he writes up here on the screens, that the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead, Paul said this, he said that he lives in you. Like speaking to followers of Christ, that, that the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead, he's like, listen, he lives in you. Basically, what Paul's saying is, is that, the, that the amount of power that it took to raise Jesus up from the dead, that that was not intended for one person and one event. That Paul is saying that that same power, that it lives in you and I. Now, if we we're going to put this into context for Easter Sunday, he would have said something like this. 
Like you don't have to just celebrate Easter because you can experience Easter in your life. Now look at this. He goes on to say that, and just as, meaning, meaning in the same way that God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, look what he says, that he will give you life that he's gonna bring life to your mortal bodies, that he's gonna bring life to the dead areas of your life. That instead of, of, of Easter being just a celebration, that God intended Easter power to be a part of our everyday lives, to bring back to life our marriage, to bring back to life our finances, back to life, our dreams and our relationships, our business ventures, our future, our emotions. Listen, all of us in our lives, we all, it doesn't matter whether we look religious or not look religious, we all have dead and dying areas in our life, but thank God because of Easter Sunday, because of the resurrection, that that doesn't have to be our lot in life. Like we're not having to be stuck with the fact that all of our lives have to be filled with dead and dying things. You see, here's what we learn about the resurrection, is that the resurrection of Jesus, that it gives us power to what? To close the gap between the life that we are presently living right now and the life that we could live. To close the gap that we don't have to keep living the way that we're living. And the truth is some of you walked in these doors today and you know this better than anybody. Like you know this truth because you're stuck in the gap right now. You're troubled on the inside because you know what your life is right now isn't what it's supposed to look like. And you've tried, for months you've tried to change it. For years you've tried to change it and nothing is different. Why? Because you keep trying to change the dead areas of your life with your own power. Church, hear me this morning. Whether you've been in church all your life or today is your first time, that Easter is way more, that it's way more than a special Sunday where you get to kind of put on your new clothes and, and you get to walk in the church and you get your picture taken. Hey, that's a sweet grass wall out there, right? Make sure you get your picture taken all the way out. Like, like it's more than just a big meal with a lot of family members that we rarely talk to until this day, just making it real. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, listen, don't misunderstand me. Like our family does the same thing. We have the same kind of traditions. They're not necessarily bad, but, but Easter, Resurrection Sunday, that it's a yearly reminder that we don't have to settle. Like we don't have to settle for where our life is right now, that we can, that our lives can be better than this. And one of the areas where we see this truth just, just come alive in scripture is these three days of Jesus' death, burial, and his resurrection. And that's what I wanna show you, I wanna talk to you about for just a few minutes this morning.
me ask you this. Have you ever wondered why three days? I mean, have you ever, ever wondered why there was a gap? Like, like Jesus could have easily died and came right back to life in that next moment. Like, why the gap? Why does there have to be a, a period of time between the pain that Jesus experienced and, and the resurrection? Well, I think the answer is, is that, that there is a lesson that God wants us to learn in the death, in the burial, and in the resurrection. The Friday, the Saturday, and the Sunday of Jesus's final days that, that he was giving us this glimpse into how our lives could be. Look with me in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21. It says that this is the kind of life that, that you have been invited into. He says the kind of life that, that Christ lived, that he suffered everything that came his way. Now look at this, so that you could know that it could be done. Now stop right there and think about that for a moment that Jesus died, that he went through pain and suffering and resurrection so that you could know that the dead things in your life, the dead areas of your life, that what? That they could be done, that they could come back to life. But not just that, that he also died so that you would know how to do it. That you would know how to do it step by step. And so Jesus... Jesus is trying to, to teach us something. And in the Friday, he's trying to teach us something. And the, the Saturday, he's trying to teach us something. In the Sunday, and I want us to look at that for a few moments today. The Friday, the Friday represents the day of pain. It represents the the day that Jesus suffered, the day that he was whipped, the day that he received the nails and the crown of thorns and the spear in the side and, and the crucifixion. And friend, that is, a, that is a horrible way to die. But think about this for a moment. I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but Jesus could have come back to die for our sins at any point in history. Why would Jesus pick the worst moment in history for capital punishment. Like why would he pick that moment in time, that moment in history to come back and pay for our sins? I think it's because he wanted, he wanted to experience the day of pain so that he could help us through our day of pain. Like he wanted to walk through, he wanted to be able to help us through our darkest, most difficult days that we would face in our life. And some of you, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Like you, you came in today and you got your Easter clothes on and you look amazing and, and you put the smile on and, and on the surface, like, like everything looks fine, but the truth is, the truth is, is that you came walking in today in pain. You came walking in today hurting and, 
And maybe you can relate to some of the, 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 the pain that Jesus experienced on that Friday. He experienced, obviously, some physical pain. And maybe some of you came in today and, 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 and your body is killing you. Like you've got some things going on in your body that is, is creating pain. And it's something that, that if you ibuprofen doesn't take away, an ice pack don't take it away. You can elevate it all you want, but it don't go away like you're in some, some pain. And what happens oftentimes when we walk through this ongoing pain in our life is that it begins to move from this place of injury into our soul. And as it gets into our soul, we begin to lose hope for life and hope of everything around us. We see Jesus not only go through physical pain, but, but he experienced emotional pain. And, and the emotional pain he experienced is something that you and I typically kind of look past on Easter weekend. But the Bible says that he was despised, that Jesus was rejected, that he was what? A man of sorrows. That for Jesus, many of his closest friends, they bailed on him in his greatest time of need. And maybe you walked in today and maybe you are carrying some emotional pain that's similar to that. Maybe for you, you're smiling on the outside, but you feel betrayed and falsely accused on the inside and it hurts. Listen, sometimes I've learned in my own journey that, that sickness in the soul, the emotional pain, oftentimes hurts even more than the physical pain. And listen, if you're in that season of life, if you're walking through something like that, you've got to be in this series that starts next week out of the cave. But Jesus also experienced relational pain. Like you don't think about it like all my singles in the room, where are my singles? Where are my singles? Yeah, like a couple of them. No, there's more than that. <laughs> I mean, Jesus knew what it was like to be single. Jesus knew what it was like to be single and tempted. Right? Like what is Hebrews what does Hebrews say? It says that, that he faced all the same temptations as we did, yet he didn't sin. I mean, Jesus knew what that was like. He, he experienced relational pain because Jesus had a crazy family, just like most of us have a crazy family, right? Like anybody have a crazy family? Anybody got some crazy like in their family? Um, yeah, the ones that didn't raise their hand, it's probably because crazy sitting right next to them, right? Um, <laughs> I, Andrew and I have learned, we've learned like, if you don't know who the crazy person in your family is, then maybe that's because you're the crazy person in the family. I don't know. I don't know, but <laughs> you're probably like, Ryan, okay, Ryan, what, <laughs> why are you saying all this? Why are you saying all this? Because some of you today, you're in the Friday of life. Some of you today, you walked into this place and you're, you're feeling pain. Well, guess what? That if that's you today, that there is a lesson that God wanted you to learn through this season of pain. And that lesson is in Romans chapter eight, verse 28. It says, and we know that God causes everything, like all the pain that we 
experience in our life, that God causes that to work together for our good, to give us a, a better day, to give us a more meaningful life. He says to work together of the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. I mean, I don't know about you, but there's something about that that gives, that gives me some comfort in knowing that as long as I am living a surrendered life to God, that everything that happens to me, whether it's good or whether it's bad, that at the end of the day, that God's gonna use that for my benefit so that I can become more and more like him so that my life can be transformed, but not just for me, but so that he can use me to transform the lives of other people. Listen, if that's you today, if you walked in today and, 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 and you're in the Friday of life, listen, you need to know this, that there is no pain that his purpose cannot redeem. That there is no pain that you can walk through. As deep as it may feel in your life, there is no pain that his purpose can't redeem. Listen, we all experience Fridays, but the reality is most of us aren't in Friday today. Most of us find ourselves in the Saturdays of life. Saturday is the day of confusion. But think about this for a moment. Like the disciples on Saturday, they weren't really sitting around in their lazy boys, right? <laughs> saying one more day till Easter. Like, like, like nobody was saying that. I mean, even the Bible says that, that Jesus told them that, that he would come back on the third day, but guess what? They forgot. <laughs> they forgot, and we know this because the Bible says they got, they got so depressed and so confused on Saturday that many of them went back to their old way of living. And my guess is some of you, you're stuck in this season of, of confusion right now where you've, you've had pain in your life and you know, like you know there is a, a promise at the end of the road, but you find yourself in the season of waiting where nothing seems to be happening, stuck in the gap, tempted to do exactly what the disciples did, to, to go back to their old way of living. And what I've kind of discovered in my journey of following the Lord is that, that when I find myself in the Saturdays of life, when I find myself in the gap where, where it seems like nothing is happening, which by the way, we know the end of the story, we know something was happening, right? How many times in our life we feel like God's totally distant, totally unaware, like we keep praying, it seems like it's lost in space, but how many know God is always working behind the scenes? Somebody needs to hear that today. God's not silent. He's not absent. He's active. He's at work in your situation right now. But I've seen this in my life, this, this progression when I find myself in this, this day of confusion. And the progression starts with this, like, like we want answers, right? <laughs> Have you ever been there like, like, why? God, why is this happening to me? Why is this happening to my family, to the people that I love the most? And listen, I'm gonna give you a hard truth. 
And it's one that I have kind of a struggle with is that those, that's a three letter question that you and I will never really get the answer of this side of heaven. And friend, that's hard for me because I am the king of the why. Like I asked so many why questions as a kid that my dad just decided he's going to just respond to everything because I told you so. Because anybody ever, anybody ever get that response from your parents? Just, I ain't going to give you an answer. It's just because I told you so. That's why. I mean, I mean, I can find myself go down the rabbit hole pretty quick in the why questions. Like, like why? I mean, come on. Why do you drive on parkways, right? And park on driveways? Like, like why? <laughs> why? Why is the time of day when traffic is the slowest called rush hour? I don't know. Like why? <laughs> why is the guy who invests all your money called a broker? I mean, come on, somebody. <laughs> I mean, we all have these why questions. When we're in the gap, when they're in their Saturdays, of life and when those why questions, when we don't really get whether it's an answer or we don't really feel good about the situation, what happens? We begin to, to drift into the season of doubt, right? And we begin to doubt. And as we begin to doubt, we become more and more skeptical. And my guess is on an Easter Sunday that there's probably, there's probably a few people in this room that you grew up in church. Like you grew up in a kid's ministry, you grew up in, in a youth group, but, but you found yourself in the Saturday of life so long that you've gotten to this place in your journey that you're not even sure that God exists anymore. Listen, if you don't do something about that, if you don't change the course of direction, then eventually what's gonna end up happening is the next one that you're gonna give up. That just like many of the disciples in that Saturday of confusion, that they just kind of went back to your old way of living, that, that you're gonna end up giving up. You're gonna end up going back to your old way. I mean, I think of even Peter, one of the most um, influential disciples that there were even decided to quit ministry and go back fishing. Like, I know there's some of you guys, like, that sounds good to me. Like, like let's go fishing, but, but we quit. And what happens when we give up, when we do that, is that then we end up experiencing this isolation. We feel, we feel alone. Like, there could be a ton of people in our social circle. There could be a, a ton of family members that are encouraging us along the way, but it doesn't matter how many are there, we just feel alone. Listen, if the way that we get out of the day of pain is to see the purpose in it, then, then how do we get out of the day of confusion? How do we get out of that day where it just feels like, like nothing in our life has purpose and meaning? That the things that just, the, the pain, it's just, it's just we are in this place, this place of waiting. I've learned this in my life. We have to worship. That when we find ourselves in the gap, when we find ourselves in the day of confusion, that we've got to worship. In the book of Psalms, David's, David's worship leader, his, his name was Asaph. And 
And he wrote an entire psalm where he's, where he's complaining. Get this. He's complaining because he doesn't understand why things are happening the way that they're happening. He gets so upset. He gets so upset because he sees all the wicked people prospering and all the righteous people hurting and struggling that, that he makes a statement. He says, he says, surely in vain that I've kept myself pure. In other words, he's saying that God, I'm over here trying to stay holy, that I'm over here trying to live my life for you but you aren't helping me, you aren't helping my situation, nothing is changing. And he says this in Psalm 73, which is amazing. He says in verse 16 that when I tried to understand all this, like when I tried to figure all the stuff out that was, that was happening in my life, that, that, that it troubled me. But look what he said in verse 17, but, but when? But when I went into your sanctuary, that when I decided that I was gonna get into your presence, when I decided to, to make church a priority, when I decided to, to worship you, he said this, he said, then I understood. Like not that, not that anything ever changed in a situation, but but now he understands. Now life makes a little bit more sense. Friend, if you're in the Saturday of life, you need to know this, that there is no, that there is no confusion that his presence, that a moment in his presence cannot come. And then there's Sunday. And the truth is, there's nothing that would do my heart or please my heart more than to watch you experience more Sundays in your life. Sunday is the day of, of resurrection. Sunday is the day that, that dead things are brought back to life. That Sunday is the day that, that your marriage is restored, that that your addiction is gone, that, that the hurts are healed, that the relationships are repaired, that your dreams are fulfilled. You may say today, Ryan, okay, that sounds great, but, but how do I get that in my life? Like, how do I experience some more Sundays in my life? Well, friend, the answer, the answer to that question isn't, found in a practice it's found in a person and his name is Jesus church hear me today that Jesus doesn't offer us resurrection that he is the resurrection He says in John chapter 11 that I am the resurrection and the life. Like if you want the dead things in your life, 
back to life, if you want life to come back into your finances and life to come back into your marriage, into your emotions, like I am the resurrection, no matter how hard you try and what you do and how solid your discipline is, which you can tell mine's a little off, but no matter how that is, Jesus goes, I am the resurrection. You want life? I am the life. I am the life. It's in me. I am the life that you dreamed you could always have. He said this. He said, anyone who believes in me, guess what's going to happen? You're going to live. You're going to live even after dying. He says to everyone who lives in me and believes in me, lives and believes, lives and believes, lives and believes. You're never gonna die. And Jesus is like, do you believe? Do you believe? Friends, you don't have to stay in the Fridays and the Saturdays of life because there is no death that his power cannot resurrect. And I stand before you today a living testimony of that. A man who grew up in a broken home, a man of parents who were addicts, a man who didn't grow up in church, a man whose mom was in prison for prostitution and theft, someone who knows what it feels like to be abandoned, someone who's experienced his own share of sin and regret, someone who has personally walked through depression, who has experienced heartbreak, who struggled with disabilities, who's never felt like he was good enough. But I stand before you today as a living testimony that there is no death, no death, that his power cannot resurrect. Anybody else in this room experience his resurrection power in your life? Easter doesn't have to be just a day that we celebrate. It can be a day, friend, that you can experience in your life. Today can be the day. Today can be the day that, that you step out of the shadows of your past out of the shadows of the pain, out of the shadows of the gap of confusion into a resurrection power that lives in you, that lives in you. I love this powerful verse that sums up the entire message today found in Philippians chapter three. It says, I wanna know Christ. I want to know Christ and I want to experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. That I want to suffer with him. That's your Friday. That I want to share in his death. That's your Saturday. So that, so that one way or another, 
Like, I don't know how this is going to play out and I don't know how it's going to look, but one day or another, I will experience the resurrection that I will have a Sunday experience in my life to bring back all the dead things back to life. Woo, getting fired up and fired up. And I'm an introvert. Imagine what it'd be if I was an extrovert. It's an introvert on Red Bull, so hey. <laughs> Look at me. There's only one way that you can experience his resurrection power in your life. You have to know him. Not know him here, but know him here. That it's not just, it's not just, it's not just believing, but it's, it's a living. It's this knowledge of God, this experiential knowledge of God in our life that leads us into a God-centric deconstruction where we began to look at scripture and we look at everything in our life through the lens of scripture and we say, that's not right. And that's not, I gotta deconstruct this in my life. I gotta take these friends out of my life. I gotta get rid of this habit. I gotta get rid of this. And it's in him, it's in his power that we're able to walk that deconstruction journey in our lives. Friend, the best decision that you made today, the best decision that you, that you can make today is not which church you came to, which you chose a good one, <laughs> but it's the decision to know him, to know him. Would you bow your head and close your eyes this morning? I want you to ask this one question between you and the Lord. I want you to say this, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? What are you saying to me right now in light of all, all that I just heard and experienced? Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? With every head bowed and eye closed, I believe Holy Spirit is saying to some of you today that it's time to know me. With every head bowed and eye closed, if that's you today, I'm not going to have you come forward. I'm not going to have you stand up, but I want to lead you in a prayer this morning that will begin the transformation process in your life of becoming more and more like Christ, of moving out of the Fridays and the Saturdays of life and experiencing some Sundays in your life. If that's you today and you sense the Holy Spirit saying it's time, that it's time, that maybe you've given up, maybe you've pulled away, but it's time, like this is your moment. If that's you today, I want you to just slip up your hand for just a moment, keep it up for just a moment and put it back down. Yeah, 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 yeah. But now's the moment. Now's the moment. 
All right, now I'm talking to the few of you that you said, God, if he'll say that one more time, I'll raise my hand. <laughs> you thought, you thought he's not listening, that he ain't paying attention. One more time. If you know he's saying that to you today, just slip up your hand right there where you are. Yep. Yep. Church, would you bow your head, close your eyes. Those of you that lifted your hand today, let's, let's pray this together, God. Thank you for sending your son to pay for my sins. Today I ask that you forgive me of all of my sins. Be the Lord of my life and help me live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Would you give it up for those that just prayed that today? Maybe you're here today. I want to do one more prayer. Maybe you're here today and you've got some, you got some dead areas in your life. Listen, don't be ashamed. We've all got them. We've all got them. But maybe you're in the gap. Maybe you're in the day of confusion and you're walking through that and, and it was everything you could do to just walk through these doors today. Listen, I wanna pray over you today. If that's you, if that's you, every head bowed, eye closed, every head bowed, eye closed. If that's you, just slip up your hand for just a second. Just say, Ryan, that's me. I, I, pray for me today. Pray for me in the season that I'm in. Yeah. Father, I thank you for my friends. I thank you, Lord, for their, their transparency this morning. Now, Lord, you see where we are. You see what we're dealing with. Lord, you see, God, uh, their struggles. You see their pain. And so, Lord, we thank you, God, for the promise that, Lord, you're still at work, even though we can't see it, even though we might not even be able to feel it, that, God, you are at work to work all things together for our good. So Father, right now, I pray that the comfort of your Holy Spirit would, would just fill every individual in this moment that feels weak, that feels like they wanna give up, that they wanna throw in the towel, that Lord, your Holy Spirit would do a, a, a refresher in their life today. That as Asaph said, that, that maybe I don't understand, but when I got into your house, when I got into your presence, all of a sudden, things began to make a little bit more sense. Lord, may that be their testimony today in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's message, be sure to share it with your friends and tag us at TransformTLH. Thanks again for listening, and we look forward to seeing your face in the place someday. Have a great week.